This episode of Nintendo Voice Chat is brought to you by Gamefly. Gamefly is a way to buy and rent all your favorite games while saving money. Go to Gamefly.com, pick your favorite games, and have them mailed directly to your door. Go to Gamefly.com slash NVC and start your free premium 30-day trial today. Nintendo! Nintendo Voice Chat. I'm Jose Otero. This is IGN's Nintendo Show. And coming up on Nintendo Voice Chat, we're talking about the games we're playing. We're talking about new Nintendo 2DS XL, its announcement, and what it might mean for the future. And we are also discussing a bunch of news of the week, including the Zelda Breath of the Wild DLC details we got, and Fire Emblem's $44.99 season pass, which there's a lot to talk about there. Joining me this week, we have Zach Ryan. Hey. We have Damian Hatfield. Scoop, just Damon. <laughs> and we have Per Schneider. We can talk. And if you're unfamiliar with that intro, where can they learn <laughs> a little the, more about the catchphrase? Quite the intro. Quite the catchphrase. Where can they learn more a little more about Scoop? Yeah. What about Game Scoop. There you go. Uh, which is a weekly show on IGN that you should check out. A bit of housekeeping, though, talking about that really quickly. Remember that you can watch uh, NVC on IGN.com. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube.com slash Nintendo Voice Chat. And finally, you can leave us a review or even send us an email, NVC at IGN.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, so it is Star Wars Day, the day of this recording, and I have to ask the question to this panel, what's the best Star Wars game to appear on a Nintendo console or handheld? There, we are open to different answers here. There isn't just one to rule them all. There, I mean, thinking about it, you had like just the Super one. Star Wars just saga. You one. had the, I'm just trying to think, there's <laughs> okay. um, Rogue Ooh, Squadrons, Lego yeah. Star Wars. It is Rogue Leader. Rogue Leader. Rogue Leader, because... First of all, Rogue Squadron obviously was amazing, you know, just having a game like that on uh, uh, on the old N64. But once you got to the GameCube era, suddenly the Death Star Trench Run looked like the movie. And I, oh, I thought, like, for the very first time, it felt like like the, the ship models, everything actually looked like like the movies. Okay. I love that one. Fair enough. Damon? Obviously, it's Yoda stories oh. uh, for the Game Boy. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, oh, game so bad. That was a joke answer. Uh, I, I, I guess I agree with you that it's uh, Rogue Leader's my favorite. That's the one for GameCube, then. Yep. I always get that confused with Rogue yeah. Squadron. Yeah, yeah. I got that right when I got my uh, GameCube, and I spit all of like that holiday break playing through uh, the game with my cousin. Yeah, that's definitely my favorite Star Wars game on a Nintendo platform. Got it. Got it. Uh, time has not been kind to my choice, but when it came out, uh, Shadows of the Empire was by far and away my favorite Star Wars game ever oh, and no. uh, that opening Hoth level top still notch. the best Hoth still controls best. Really cool. yeah. top notch yeah Sweet. great level yeah. yeah one of the best uh, my favorite is maybe an odd choice uh, to some but I would say that uh, episode one pod racer Ooh, is that was a good the one. best moment yeah, this is pod from, yeah from the Phantom Menace which was a movie that you either liked or slept through the best the, moment then her sequence <laughs> was the the thing to watch right the big chariot race and it was awesome so you got to play that uh, in the video game form I thought that was great yeah, yeah. did you have to did, did it require the expansion pack on the 64 do you 
you remember? They all used that like, Rogue Squadron too. You yeah. could use yeah. the expansion pack. Did you ever play it in the arcade in the the big pod? I oh, couldn't. So I was fun. I'm too tall, man. Like I don't <laughs> think I fit at the yeah, time. I don't think I fit at the time. All right, let's uh, talk about. So this is round one of our show, and we're going to be talking about the games that we've been playing. Uh, the list is very diverse. We've got Mario Kart 8. Some thoughts to share there on Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Tumble Seed. I got a chance to play. Hey, Pikmin. Ever Oasis is on here. We got a lot to talk about. So let's kick it off with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I'm curious to hear Zach and Damon your thoughts. I'm assuming that you're playing. Yeah, I, I yeah. am. Mm-hmm. I, I've been playing Mario Kart 8 like it's going out of style. Like I've been playing it so <laughs> much and uh, like kind of an embarrassing amount, which is silly because I owned Mario Kart 8 on Wii U and I played it a lot there. But um, the same thing that happened then is happening now in terms of like how people are playing it in the office every day at five fifteen, somebody's like pick up your sticks it's time to Let's race yeah, yeah and so there's always a group that you know will huddle up and play mario kart 8 but beyond that i've been playing it at home i've been playing it on the road i played it on the bus the other day i got some funny looks but um yeah, the guy I, I was recently on the plane to new york and the guy sitting next to me didn't want to look like he was watching but he was i watching. know he was watching See, the thing about me place. and mario kart 8 is, is as long as i'm if i'm playing mario kart 8 you're almost guaranteed a string of profanity Just, uh, just so much swearing, and so I was just on the bus, just dropping f bombs and just being loud and probably obnoxious. So I apologize to all those that rode the bus with me that day. But every time when you're in first or second, and then it's just shell, you get stopped. Then some like clueless guy actually bumps into you with like his spinning turtle shells, and then suddenly you're eighth, and then something else like you get like shrunk. I just even when the kids are in the room, I can't hold back. Kotaku ran a uh, Kotaku ran a video yesterday. It's about forty seconds long, and it was somebody playing online competitively as uh, uh, I think it was he was playing as Daisy, and yeah, and he was in first <laughs> place, twelve, right? way out ahead of everybody, and just got worked in the yeah. span of thirty seconds, and then dropped all the way back to last place. And I just I felt for the guy. It was so disappointing. Yeah. I mean, how's your racing going? Yeah, I was playing. Uh, I was actually playing with my wife last night, and like you said, uh, yeah, she was cursing up a storm. She gets real mean. <laughs> yeah, it's normal. Though. It brings out the it's worst in people. But uh, unfortunately, m- my Switch, I only have the two Joy-Con controllers. May, may I see uh, one of the Joy-Con? Oh yeah, yeah, sure, right go here. for it. Yep. Uh, this is just the absolute worst play, worst way to play uh, Mario Kart Eight. I think we, so. We're just like each have one little Joy-Con controller, and after a few rounds, our no, I was just showing like yeah, yeah, our yeah. fingers are all cramped up and sore. Mm-hmm. So tonight on the way home. Stopping by Best Buy to get two pro controllers. There you yeah. go. Right. That's nice. the way. I've only I haven't even tried it uh, with a Joy-Con sideways. I should do that. Yeah, we uh, did those, it in the office but, briefly, but yeah. it, it's one of those cases where like it'll get the job like, done. Yeah, in but a pinch, after like three or four races at home, comfortably know, sitting on your couch. Are you playing with the uh, the attachment on top, the extender? Yeah, the no, no, no. We yeah, have yeah. The strap yeah. is a lot better. Yeah. Supposedly that okay, supposedly yeah. that makes it a lot more uh, palatable. But the, the weird thing is when you do local link up play and you try to have two players on one screen, yeah. you can use two pro controllers, but you can't use two of these. You mm. can't use you can't use the two Joy-Con together with the grip as a secondary controller. You can only use one turned on its side. I think it's because they want to prevent having two Bluetooth connections yeah. in yeah, addition to the one sense. they already have on one console and then the net code and everything on it. Yeah, the, that's a rational, local. That's a good rationalization. I've just, uh, you know, my, my, my daughter has the game as well, so we've done uh, just local link up and it works great. But um, online, I, every night I jump on, then my daughter jumps on and she tries to get into the same room as I uh, am. So you can just go to your, when you're online, you can go to your friends list and you can join a player as long as there's room. Sometimes the net code is a little weird. Like I'm 
I'm in a group and there are only six other players and she can't join. It says it's full. Yeah. And so we've run into that. And then the only other weird thing that I keep running into is it randomly selects whether you're 100 cc or 150 cc and like depending on the day sometimes i get like eight races in a row 100 cc and i'm like why what is it tied to yeah yeah it makes Um, you wonder if it's tied to a rating of some kind but still like if you're starting out you would hope that you're racing at 150 yep and yesterday i got almost all 150 cc so it's definitely there's some randomization or or kind of linking to levels going on so uh but overall man I didn't think I was going to play that game this much after having yeah. played so much of the Wii yeah. U version and the DLC. It's just like they pulled me right back in. Like yeah. I'm playing no, every night. Well, and it's especially interesting because I feel like the, or at least I thought that the drive behind playing so much of it on Wii U was to unlock everything, you know, like yeah. unlocking characters, unlocking uh, different courses and stuff like that. But here with almost everything unlocked except for the cart parts, I still feel that same obsessive need to go through and get first place in every race in every cup and yeah, yeah. yeah i'm really working my way through i did 50 and 100 and now i'm working my way through 150 cc and it's not it's not easy to do a first place finish in four four races in a row yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I, I do i would prefer uh a little bit more to unlock i think yeah me too yeah, yeah. Just, i like working through that little it's just a gold mario yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. as you as you, as i've explored the single player though i did notice you know the tweaks like they've changed the performance of the car parts the third drift you get now if you drift for a long time you get that pink the pink, dri- the pink yeah. boost yeah, right yeah. they're like yeah that purple pink one. Um, it's a light purple. It's a purple. Uh, and then, and then of, of course, in multiplayer, like the ability to turn uh, 180 degrees around, like they're all these little tweaks that are very smart, but you don't immediately know. It's interesting notice. to hear you all racing so much. Like I was, I was hoping to hear more battle mode Isn't that stories, crazy? which I, uh, it. I, I figured that that would be uh, the thing that grabbed you, off. Have of you it. never been into it, or you just don't never like been into it? Like having played. And just an exorbitant amount on 64. Like, I just, battle mode was never my thing. I always prefer racing. We do four player battle mode. So, like, with my family, we play it, but online, I haven't really played that much. I don't know why. I played a few. I played our tournament. Yeah, which I I was going to bring up. Now, are the pink sparks an addition to this? Yes. They weren't. The pink sparks didn't exist in the Wii U version. So, the long, like, you know, like in the Yoshi course, for example, you can do that really long drift around the corner onto the bridge. You'll always get that boost now. Mm -hmm. And, And so, if you were good at drifting and you learned it in in the Wii U version, it really pays off now with a bigger boost. Yeah. yeah speaking of our tournaments, I uh, just want to throw out some quick shout outs. Congratulations to uh, user hacker alias uh, Cephas and Tyler, who tied for first place uh, with 174 points in the IGN Mushroom Cup, which is a tournament you can nice. find on IGN, uh, excuse me, on Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Uh, and also shout outs to Ryan and apparently username Whitey, who tied for third. And Charlie G, who took fifth place. I is think that that's Gatson, Gatson. That's Charlie Gatson. Yeah, I played who, uh, with him yesterday. Finally a victory for Whitey. Yeah, yeah, finally. <laughs> yeah, in Mario Kart at that. Uh, if you want to race in the IGN Mushroom Cup, search for the following tournament ID. It is 0642. This is not bingo, I swear. 1827. 5371. This tournament runs from Friday 9 p.m. to Sunday 9 p.m. It's a 12 round race. Uh, we're also tweaking IGN's battle challenge. Uh, it's going from 12 rounds to six rounds because Pear made the good point that it feels like a lot of the same thing. It's a classic balloon battle. But the winners of last week's, uh, Charlie G got first place. Second place was Cool C. Third was Aaron. Fourth was John. And fifth was Boiler Up, which I have no idea where you got that name from. Whitey, nowhere to be found. Yeah, yeah. And that tournament you can find at 0744-1882-2699 if you want to join us. And we have a podcast exclusive uh, tournament for y'all, an invitational, the NVC GTT Invitational. You want to tell them what the GTT stands for? 
get the thing? Yes, that's a thing on the show. Wow. And, uh, so you're going to join us for some ultra competitive matches in Shine Thief. <laughs> uh, so this is Saturday. Yes, the Thief. From uh-huh. 1 p.m. Uh, Pacific time to Monday at 1 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, and the code for that is 32439717841. And once you've added the number in the tournament section, you can add them. You have them added to favorites. So every week you can just go in and compete again and the scores will be reset. Yeah, right on. Weekly. And, uh, you know. Cool. I was uh, I was on uh, Saturday and Sunday. I did the two challenges and bumped into a lot of uh, NVC listeners. And you can always see like when the room just erup- erupts in welcomes. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that too. I played yep. Friday night uh, and awesome. got the same thing. Uh, thank you for playing though. If you have played in tournament, if you haven't, consider signing up. So next we have Tumble Seed Impressions. Uh, Pear and I have been playing. I'm not sure if either of you have picked up, but mm. feel free to ask a I've lot heard of good questions things, here. Though. I've heard good things. Yeah, you still have smiles on your faces, so you probably didn't play. I played it. a couple of levels at a preview event that Jose and I went to ah, yes. a couple months ago, maybe. Yeah, well, This game's really hard. Really hard. It's one of the most really difficult, difficult video games I think I've ever played, and it is uh, in the roguelike genre, which if you're familiar with that, that is uh, more or less uh, <clears throat> a genre where you die over and over and don't get to keep your progress, essentially. Like, you may learn some new skills, you may pick up a few powers on the way, but overall, it is a fresh start each yeah. and every time. It's one of my favorite genres, and when I learned that uh, this game was in the roguelike genre, that's what got me interested in it. Okay. Yeah, because it doesn't look like it. It looks more like a mm. kind of like a like a skill game, like yeah. a irritating stick like game a, like or something, puzzler, right? Because yeah. you're you're moving the you're moving this line, this vine with your left and right sticks. There's no tilt control, even though it looks like a tilt yeah. game, to move the seed. But man, up a mountain, up a mountain, and like I moved that seed up a mountain a lot, <laughs> and came down from the mountain a lot as well. I gotta say, man, I I feel like I've come to this point where where I think this game is not for me, mm. and like I appre- I appreciate the the design choices, the look, the the concept behind it. Fun. Like yeah. it's it's re- it's a fun world. They have these really kind of cool and clever power ups, but. That game is so brutal where like I kept on playing, even though I was getting I was getting killed, I kept on saying like, okay, I'm doing something so wrong. I want to talk about I need to build up my hearts yeah. and then inevitably like something nasty would kill me. Well, and I want to talk about what makes ambition. it so challenging. I mean, yeah. the idea is you're push, trying to push the seat up a mountain, and there are patterns of holes basically in the background that you want to try and avoid because you can just fall right All through. through yeah. But then there are also enemies flying around. So, like, there's this big, like, mother bird that she'll just follow you for part of the Mothra. To, she's like this big Mothra-like thing. Into that. Um, I'm listening. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> different go on. Uh, uh, there are a lot of different enemy types, and the idea is that obviously all of it's been randomized, and you are trying to navigate safely past by these diamond-shaped patches because when you get to them, you can either plant a checkpoint flag so that you can continue to go up the mountain, or uh, you can uh, basically invest crystals, crystals you need in order to power up some of your other uh, abilities, or finally, there's hearts, which you can basically farm additional hearts that way, because combat is very non-traditional in this game. Now, where it gets a little infuriating is that some (laughs) of the power-ups that you pick up that you would think, oh, this is a weapon. I got this. This is great. Like, let's say it's a mine or something. I might be making that up. I'm not sure. There's a lot of random powers I haven't seen. But if you are near it when it goes off, you can be hit by it. Oh, so not just are you fire. getting hit by the enemies, are you potentially falling through holes? You're also, you're also potentially hurting yourself. by yourself. Ugh. And it's like, oh, at I what was, point no, do I you. break? I was really high up the mountain for my standards, which is not what, high what up for norm, normal humans, <laughs> like two feet. Um, 
and I found this this uh, this power up, and I traded some. I trade. I think I traded two to get it. Oh, maybe it was a different yeah, place. You can but trade I got powers yeah, yeah. away to get another. And power I'm like, up. man, it's a ghost. I want a ghost, and it's like a ghost who will take out your enemies. I'm like, that's what I need. I have like one heart left. I get the ghost. I go out. Ghost kills me. Game over. So, and I'm like, no, like it didn't say that it couldn't kill me too. Like, okay, maybe it will help you, but it will also kill you. Joy of roguelikes, part of it to me, like I like Binding of Isaac a lot, and there is the the unknown. There is the I don't know what this power up does, but I'm gonna pick it up, and I'm gonna hope that something comes out of it. I agree with you that the penalties can sometimes be a little too harsh. (laughs) I played like two hours of this game back to back uh, in a hotel room uh, this past week because I picked it up for a few minutes. I was like, I'm just gonna do a few minutes. I just want to see if I make some luck, and I got the first. This I've ever gotten up the mountain before. I got through two uh, a section and almost the second section. There are four in total, and I just figured I'm getting better at this. Finally, it took like five hours, but right. I'm getting better at this. Um, and I think I'm going to continue to come back to it. But anyone who is interested in buying it, I have to warn you: <laughs> you're going to get mad. Like it's just part of what this game is. You better be good at it. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm going to keep on playing too. But it is. Yeah. Have you played Skill. Splunky or Rogue yeah. Legacy or yeah. Bunny of Isaac? All those games. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's meaner. This is meaner than those yeah. games? Wow. I think it's meaner. Is it meaner than Darkest Dungeon? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't play that. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't play that one either, actually. So as a roguelike, you can recommend this game? I'm, um, I'm a little confused as to where you guys yeah. stand on whether or not. I, I, I will. I do. Um, right. I, he, I think he's done. <laughs> like, I can tell he's he done. He's, he look said he'd go back to it, yeah. yeah no, I don't know. I don't well, know. Look, it's like they're like, what that means. My, my favorite game may be, a, may be a racing game, and you don't care about racing games. I, I think it's like Mostly that. Not. It's like I can appreciate the design and the skill and everything that sure. went into this game, and I think there's a good game in there. It's just not It's not for me. But you know? Where does it rank in terms Frustration of a, uh, a Sisyphus simulator? Well, High or low? Okay. That's what I was going to say. Like, it is definitely the Sisyphus simulator. Right. Yeah, like, I'm just, get up there. Yeah. Oh, I'm dead. I don't know what that means. You only got three You push hearts. a boulder up a mountain. Oh, I see. I thought down. there was actually a game based on the Sisyphus oh, struggle. Right, there we go. All right, there's your uh, Greek references for the yeah. week. It is Greek, right? Uh, so yes. next is Hey Pikmin, which I got to play uh, at an event in New York. Um, I really want to tackle any and all questions you guys have about this game. Well, first of all, I mean, like, I saw it and... Uh, I, I didn't play it. I just saw saw footage, and it looks like a side scroller, more like a yeah. you know, like a Yoshi's Woolly World, Yoshi's Story type game, which is so different from the Pikmin games. I that's, know. Yeah, I mean that's the thing to me is just does it work it as a two D side scroller? Does it feel like Pikmin? Because like yeah, as so a like, Pikmin fan, like. I have a very clear idea of what Pikmin looks and feels like to me, and I just ha- find it maybe really hard to translate that into a 2D space. Sure, sure. And last year, we got a game with Metroid in the title, however. <laughs> yeah, but it was not necessarily <laughs> was really? a Metroid game. Yeah, is this really a Pikmin game? Um, I think from a aesthetic perspe- perspective, it is a Pikmin game. From a gameplay perspective, it is not. It is huh. along the lines of more of a Yoshi's Woolly World, I feel. I feel like it is a, a game very much aimed at a novice Pikmin player, someone who hasn't played those games, sure. who has a who is amused by the concept of what Pikmin are, and uh, it does involve similar ideas, right? Like where you're picking up red Pikmin and you're throwing them in enemies, or you're finding yellow Pikmin or you're swapping between them. But there isn't the same strategy layer of what Pikmin games sort of become and are. For example, the restrictions are gone. Like you don't you don't have a day night timer war, like in the background, and you're sort of conscious of that. That's something that every Pikmin game does, and it's something that you have to think about. It always puts this cap on yeah. how long and how much time you have to. Explore. Except for in the caves, yeah. yeah. But does it uh, does it ask you to multitask like a Pikmin game? No. Where, like, 
like you send one Pikmin off doing something and do something so else. So yes at the and same no time? because so we only played three stages of this game. Okay. Uh, I got to play one A, one B, and two A, and I feel like the sense that I got from them so far is that this game is easy. Uh, there is light multitasking involved. You'll like throw a Pikmin up to the top screen to grab something for you or to try and basically bring down pieces that you need or treasure that you need because it is still that story of Alamar has crash landed. He is, excuse me, trying to repair a ship. Why did they give him a license, by the way? Like, yeah, he's the, the worst pilot of all time. Yeah. Fifth time. Yeah. It's probably um, good for time. that universe. Like, yeah. It's just people are not that good. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, but uh, the idea yeah. is our universe. It's like LA. <laughs> Sorry, LA you drivers. Orbs and uh, all those other things that like run around in that game, uh, which I always thought was funny. But it, it has the charm of a Pikmin game because you have like very expressive Pikmin. You have these little in-game sort of cinematics that happen when you meet them for the first time, whether they're dodging enemies or whether they're sort of fleeing for their lives. Mm. There's a lot of humor based around sort of uh, survival in this adorable yet savage world that yep. these characters are in. And I think there's something to that. But I do see this as a play for younger players. I see this as some kids just will not, I think a lot of kids will not be able to play Pikmin. Like it is just too complex of a game considering how cute the character is. Cause ultimately that universe has all the cute aesthetics that would appeal to a younger audience, but it's wrapped around a tougher than average game, I would say. Real time strategy is not easy. So mm -hmm. you said you played up to 2A. Yeah, yeah. Right? So that's what, maybe like five levels in? No, no, they only let me play three. Like there was a bunch no, of levels. No, but I'm saying like that's only so far into the oh, game. Oh, yeah, that's correct? only like six or so into the game, and it was still, it felt too easy. You, yeah, I was going to say, did you um, get any indication that the game would get more difficult or that you'd see more of those mechanics, like as the game more? I think the missed opportunity they had is they didn't show me if I was going to be bouncing between several types of Pikmin. Sure. Like, for example, balancing a party where I have like yellow and red Pikmin or rock Pikmin and blue Pikmin. I think you see that in the trailer, but for whatever reason, they didn't, didn't want us to, to I wish they would have showed you a later level. That. Like, I think that was a bad call on their part yeah. to just stick us to the introductory stuff when I would say the skill level in the room was pretty varied. And you could always start with the introductory stuff, but don't leave us there because then yeah. you leave us with no real way to recommend whether or not this game does get past that point. I think the humor works. I think the idea behind it, all the touch-based controls are pretty cool. Anytime something's on the top screen, is it only touch-based? Like, or it's only touch-based. Okay, so you know, more like you know, the Zelda DS games, like they're no, because you're or... still moving with the analog. Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the it. only cool. control method you use outside of tapping. So you, the okay, so you control your character with the analog stick yeah, and, and then, then all the other away. actions are all touchscreen. Yeah, everything yeah. else is tapping on the touchscreen and uh, you just have to put a little more thought into the stuff that's off screen. There's a lot of sort of how do I get there? What do I need to do? Like there was one specific point where I had to throw a Pikmin over uh, an obstacle. And the thing was, it's kind of like Mario Run, where if the Pikmin lands on top of the obstacle, he runs back to me. Like uh, it always goes in one direction. Yeah. So you have to get the throw just right and toss it over. Um, didn't see enough nuance, didn't see a battle necessarily, but still think that if I wanted my niece to play this a Pikmin game for the first time, I'd get her this game. Sure. I felt like okay. this was along the lines of acceptable for her. I just don't think it's the next great Pikmin game for us, for the mm -hmm. folks who really are hungry for that Pikmin 5, or if this counts even as Pikmin 5, uh, we're waiting what for What happened to Pikmin 4? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. I guess yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's... I assume this was for them. Yeah. yeah, it's Hey Pikmin, uh, which also I don't... No indication why the name yeah. is also Hey Pikmin. I, I thought maybe there'd be some sort of microphone. like integration with the microphone where, yeah, yeah, you could like yell at your Pikmin. I think that franchise is dead, I think. Yeah, hey. Hey, hey, you, there was a game called Hey You Pikachu with a giant yellow mic. Yeah. I yeah. That's gone and forgotten. Yeah. What about Seaman? I haven't forgotten. Seaman is also gone and forgotten. Yeah. 
Yeah, I tried when I first started working at IGN. I have C-Man. I had a Dreamcast uh, set up at my desk. I tried to play C Man at my desk, and I got a lot of weird, a lot of weird looks from people. Sure, people weren't into that idea. You still get it. Last thing I do yeah, feel I true. should say is uh, I was really pleased with the graphics. I was really pleased with looks sort good. Of the yeah. way the game looked. Um, when I first saw this game, I thought you were just sort of wandering around, and the background was like this almost Microsoft clip art. It's yeah. not. There's actual like items buried back there, and you don't interact with any of it. Any of it, but it still has still serves its purpose as delivering that ambiance and what the foreign planet should feel like like life is so small uh and and nothing feels too small at least on screen um and i got to do a a level where i was swimming that was the most different thing i got to do the the jetpack that you have you can activate to reach higher ledges doesn't really take you up that far and i didn't find too many puzzle examples where i needed it um yeah overall like i don't so far all the signs just point to you got a, a kid in the house who you think this is for, that's for them. I don't think it's for you. Does it do the traditional kind of weird, quirky Pikmin music? The yeah. Bear, 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 oh, yeah. bear, all yeah. that. Yeah. All of that. Yeah. All the production how value the is go? there. You know how it goes. <laughs> the pear jukebox is fantastic. All right. Another game I got to play. Wait, do, wait, oh, time no. out. Sure. Yeah. Do we know when it's coming? Uh, yeah, we do. Uh, it is July 28th, I believe, same day as uh, something else we're going to talk about on the show, but the new 2DS XL. They, they all uh, launched the same day. Sweet. Um, and there are other modes and features that I spotted with my with my eyes that I'm not allowed to talk about because I wasn't allowed to play them. So I think there's a little more to this game, and I think kids will like sort of the ant farm approach to what it is because it does sort of look like a little ant farm on your, on your 3DS like yep. it's happening across two screens. But I am not... Yeah, we'll have to wait and see how it pans out overall. Um, so I also got to play Metopia and Ever Oasis. Which one do you guys want to hear about first? Metopia. Is Ever Oasis a sequel oh. to Beyond Oasis? Uh, I could not tell from what I played. <laughs> Here's the thing. This was another case of criminally short demo. We were allowed to complete a side quest. Yes, it should be like a, a there should be a citation involved <laughs> when you invite folks out to a to a press event, and and it is that short. Um, I got to do a side quest in this game where um, I had to recover something for someone in the desert. Went fought a boss, got it back from, and in order to gain his allegiance. And the way the main mechanic of the game works is that you are basically building these civilizations. And I thought this part was really cool, actually. Once you get this guy the thing he wants, he uh, volunteers to, if you'll open up his shop for him, he'll sell items for you that will ultimately give you more resources to make more shops and to sort of develop the community as a whole. So that part of it is cool. Uh, I did get him back the item that he needed. I think his name was Jesper. Every person you meet in the game has a little description under uh, in the box on the bottom screen, which is uh, sometimes very adorable. Like I met this one girl where it's like, oh, her skin is magnificent. She must moisturize. And I'm just like, what am I, re- what am I reading? <laughs> it was very strange. Um, I forget what Jesper's thing was. But uh, combat also is very straightforward. Yeah. yeah, also moisturizes. But uh, combat is more along the lines of, believe it or not, it feels a lot like... Uh, this is maybe sacrilegious some, but it feels a little bit like uh, Ocarina of Time, like Majora's Mask, like just that lock-on camera-based oh, wow. <clears throat> you know, fighting system. There's a light attack and a heavy attack. There is no, uh, and a dodge. There's no sprint from what I can tell. So you're kind of running at one speed through the world. But, but it's action adventure. It's it like, is action. Yeah, yeah you yeah. run out into these fields and you fight a lot of monsters. And what's mm. funny about when you defeat them is let's say, for example, you kill an intimidating snake. It will uh, go from its large size to a very small baby size and then run away. So that, that's kind of like this game. Nothing dies in this game. Like just, Sonic. Just the little animals pop little out. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which I thought was really funny. Um, but yeah, definitely, I, I feel like I didn't get... T- to play enough or get enough context as to everything about it. Felt very light. Mm. So 
so Metopia, though, you've been uh, you've love been very it. excited about. Love it. Love it so much. Yeah, a little scary. Love it so much and know that for most hardcore players who don't like weird Nintendo, you are not going to like this game <laughs> because this is not for you. Define weird is, Nintendo. Okay, weird Nintendo. Think Tomodachi, Tomodachi Life. Life. I love Tomodachi Life. An RPG, like a game okay. with a goal and with an ending. Um, I, I like to say that this game has a very sh- uh, Shakespearean premise in that all the world wow. is an RPG. Stage and all of your friends are the players, and it, it feels that way. Like basically, the way this game unfolds is you make a party. Um, the demo I played involved two players. They were both custom created. One was, uh, I, I mean, I'm just going to name drop, but one was Doug Bowser, who was apparently like sales and marketing for Nintendo, and the other player was Reggie. And in order for players to bond, at the end of every day, you check into an inn. If I want Zach's character to bond with Damon's character, I would put you guys in the same room. Yeah. And over time, you so guys would get accustomed with each what other. What they did in the office, they put it, gave us desks <laughs> facing each other. Yeah. But what happens that's really funny is that just like in Tomodachi Life, sometimes you check people's room and they'd have mm-hmm. something to say. You see the, like, the dot, dot, dot above the room that it would be an indicator check in. You'd walk in on a scene and it'd be like Zach and Damon looking across from each other and it'd be like... Let's forge our bodies to be better for the oh, RPG yeah. like let's ahead. Forge them. And then let's do sit-ups. Oh, and then yeah. they just start doing sit-ups like on the spot. Even and I are prone to doing sit-ups together. So yeah. It's, yeah. it's weird and it's strange. And it's so then you run out into the field and uh, the job classes are some traditional and some very non-traditional. So for example, uh, these characters were characterized as a knight and a cook. The cook beats everything to a bloody pulp with a pan, which I think is funny. Reggie was the cook, by the way. And uh, if you take damage in the fight and you're sort of damaged enough, he can cook something on the spot and feed it to you. Ah. You're only allowed to control your main character. Every other party member does their own thing. Um, I think you can influence their behaviors, but overall they kind of fly on autopilot. Um, And the interactions become really, really interesting the longer and the better the bond becomes so let's say you two uh, Zach and Damon have bonded you've reached yep. stage one yeah. now you want to impress each other in battle so you'll see little notes like Zach wants to impress Damon and Zach just looks at Damon in battle and then he runs over to the monster and he smashes it with a thing and there's you a could lot just of, like, tell me like Godzilla that would also uh, yeah be <laughs> so, it's, it's, so what you're saying is like because it's me's it becomes funny to see the interactions yeah. you you feel more attached to the characters it's like when we play worms we all named our our character after our family members, sure. and it was sad when they went into the ocean and never so, came and back. So, this is and the like, Tomodachi Life team. This yeah. is this is their game. This is a, a a game with those trappings, but something that has sort of a, an ending. But in more more f- full fledged RPG elements than like the Street Pass games, right? Where we we used. Mies for all sorts of purposes, or is it kind of light? Is it very light? I think it's light, but okay. it's still along the lines of what you know. Uh, for example, from uh, what was the one, uh, the the RPG one that we used to play all the time? Was it me battle? Not me battle. It was. I'm talking about the RPG that uh, on 3DS you would just open up and check every day. Oh, the the yeah yeah the the battle one. Jesus. I forgot. Yeah, yeah it's, we're, it's we're been all, too long. We're all blanking. Yeah, yeah, it has been too long. Yeah. We don't street pass anymore. Um, but it is along those lines. But it is still there's party progression. There yeah. are abilities you gain over time. Um, like one silly one is that if people's HP are low, uh, you can sprinkle. HP flakes onto them and you just take out a little shaker and like shake it over the the people you want to heal. Your party goes up to four characters. You start with two, but more
more will get introduced as you go. You can have up to eight, I think, total and just swap people in and out. There's this big hotel. Uh, every night you stay at an inn and you sort of swap and pair and play around with the management side. What is funny is that if people don't get along and you're in the middle of a fight, they will fight each other. <laughs> so if uh, Zach and David, again, like let's just say they're feuding, Zach will say, I think attack. Damon will say, no, I think defense. And then, blah, a fight we'll just fight breaks out right there in the moment. Um, I think the premise of it is, Zach is art, in, art imitating life. Zach is bigger than me. I worried about that. But he also is recovering from surgery, so That's I true. have that advantage. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Over I can at least, run, at least yeah. run away from him. Yeah. Uh, um, I do think that this is a really good game for uh, uh, sort of a preteen to teen market. I don't know if the you know hardcore Nintendo fan will care. Which I think is sad because I think there's enough amusing it. presentation to it that I enjoy it. But if you're a fan of Tamodachi Life, you'll be oh yeah on this. You, you, you got it. Yeah, this is absolutely along Sign those lines. Up. I, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, is that is Metopia the name of the uh, mobile app? No, that's Mitomo. Well. Mitomo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, interestingly enough, though, I'm glad you you just said that. But the me maker in this game will pull me's from your system. Will pull me's from Tomodachi Life. Oh, cool! So if you've had that game before. You can pull folks you already created. Apparently, it also has custom parts that are in are are not in any of the prior me makers. They are specific to this game. The game. Um, and the way I left this out, and I should have mentioned this from the start, but when you create your character, you then pick a personality for them. And a job for them, and there are some non-traditional roles that they weren't talking about just yet. But uh, that's that that's part of the sort of secret sauce that leads to the relationships that happen on field. My favorite moment is uh, so you can name any friend you want the villain. So let's say Pear is the big bad guy of this world. Uh, there's a cutscene where he confronts the hero and he's about to attack him. Then oh wait, a shot out of the blue interrupts the fight, and one of the great sages appears. And then the game turns to you. So who's the great sage? And you're like, oh, who do I, I want to pick? And so you I gotta put cast Anuma him in that role. You uh. cast him, you create him right there. He appears, he has some lines That's of dialogue. Cool. I think that aspect of it is really fun. You're basically this director sort of making this RPG happen. Interesting. Yes. And there's a lot of random elements to it. So the Street Pass game was called Find Me. Oh, yeah. We oh, yeah. You guys, you guys yes. were close. Yeah, we were was, close. All right. Uh, too long ago. Yeah, too long ago. All right. I uh, just want to mention that Blaster Master Zero got an update to 1.2 that added some DLC. Apparently, you can play oh. as Gunfold for free. You played that, right? Uh, I played a little bit of that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, have you played since the update? Not since the update. Okay. There's also a free demo out now, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that too. So you should check that check out. out. And also, you can play as Gunvolt? Yeah, you can play oh, as Gunvolt, awesome. and he has all his original powers. That's too. So cool. So you shoot oh, something nice. with a gun, and then you have to charge it off with a. Did you ever play Gunvolt? No. I, I think you'd really like it. As your striker. Yeah. Yeah, I think you would really like it as well. Um, and uh, next week, Minecraft Nintendo Switch Edition is out with the Super Mario Mashup Pack. Nintendo Voice Chat is brought to you by Gamefly, the leading video game rental service with over 9,000 titles to choose from. Gamefly lets you try your favorite games and movies before you buy them and keep the games as long as you want, which you'll definitely need for a game like Zelda Breath of the Wild. There are no late fees and you can cancel anytime. You can even rent movies. Movies! A premium trial allows you to check out two games and or movies at a time. You can only get this offer by visiting Gamefly.com slash NVC. So go sign up and start playing all your favorite games absolutely free for 30 days. That's Gamefly.com slash NVC. All right, so let's... Oh, 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 yeah. Real quick, I just want to say I have, I have been playing a Nintendo game recently. Oh. For the first time since it was released, I've been revisiting Advance Wars. 
Oh, on, you, oh this was on your Game Boy? Yeah, this is not my personal. Oh, game I see. Boy. Yeah, on, on Game Boy Advance, and man, because like I love Isn't it good. I love strategy, tactics, RPGs, and I love Fire Emblem. There's been a lot of Fire Emblem least recently, but I miss the like lightheartedness yeah. of. We were talking about this. Bunch, we were talking about this bunch. yesterday. Like Fire Emblem is fine. I've always been an Advance War guys, mm-hmm. and I wish so badly that they would bring that franchise back. I'd like them to bring it back. First for one Switch. is still really, really good, really yeah. fun. I, every one of them, even the Dower one, they they're all so Days clever and for DS. Yeah. Dual Dual Strike, Strike. such great games. Yeah. Like I just, right. I love that. I love that it is like Fire Emblem, and I obviously love that franchise. But it has little differentiators oh, where, yeah. totally um, where you don't have to worry about losing your units, for yeah. example, and all yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We I got it. We got to get it back, man. I don't know why Nintendo won't bring it back. That or Metroid, which we're selling too many. Episode. They're selling too many units of Fire Emblem. Mm-hmm. Yep. Why, like they don't need to saturate the market with two strategy RPGs when Fire Emblem is just selling like out but the door. War is is a popular thing right now. <laughs> yeah, War hey, with, with the world. It bring. might get a lot more popular. Right, so there goes that. <laughs> bring back uh, Advance let's, Wars. Uh, let's cut over to our round two then and talk a little bit about uh, the new Nintendo 2DS XL, which was announced last week. And uh, I went hands on it, and we're going to get into that. But first, I do want to just point out we've gone over our initial reactions already. You can find that video on youtube.com slash IGN or on youtube.com slash Nintendo Voice Chat. But um, I want to focus a little bit on the future here. So this is a. 2DS XL, basically the internals of a new 3DS XL, but with 2DS branding, no 3D, an AC adapter included Hence for $150. Uh, right. Yeah, the branding scenario on, on 2DS, 3DS has always been a train wreck to me, but it has still <laughs> thrived, still surpassing, what, 60 million units lifetime. Yep. But here's the thing. So you did a nice job. Yeah, yeah. I think it's more like like 75 million. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is it? I thought it was like closer to 66. But I I do think that the the focus here being that Nintendo, you know, dropping new hardware. Now, this was something you kind of called last week because we were talking about Nintendo pair. I'm looking straight at you. Uh, (laughs) Nintendo said on their financials they would sell 6 million more 3DSs. And you raise the question, how are you yeah. going to do that without new hardware? Well, they refresh it, yeah. yeah they, they went ahead and did. They did it differently. I, I thought they would shrink. I thought they would present a smaller like screen model just to make it look very different from the Switch. Mm-hmm. But they went, I mean, they went lighter kind of on the, on the price side. Yep, yep. You know, which, which is obviously it totally awesome. makes sense, yeah. 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 But, uh, you know, so this seems aimed at the customer who either didn't get a 3DS or who is young and you want to get them something that isn't a $300 device. And I think that's a smart play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But how can this, what's Nintendo's plan long term? What do we think here uh, this means for the future? So far, we know they've said they will be publishing 3DS games in 2018 is one of the things they're saying. Yeah. I, I mean, I have a viewpoint on it. It's They're making it very clear that there will be a kind of a, a cheaper way to play Nintendo games. There's also a free way to play Nintendo games on your mobile phone. And then there's the more expensive way to play it. And I think the setup now very closely mirrors the setup of the iPad, for example, where there are all these different tiers up to an iPad Pro, which is ginormous, and a smaller size version, and entry level, and all these different configurations. And I think they basically decided the market can handle it. They're not going to be confused by having the wedge-shaped 2DS and the more expensive 3DS. Yeah, and so they're presenting all these. That, door, that doorstop shape, too. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. So they, they know. $79.99. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a true entry level for like kids, right? Yeah. 
Um, but I think where we'll shake out is that the the switch may get upgraded in a couple of years with a with a similarly priced like expensive model, maybe with more oomph in it. And I think they'll iterate on the DSs, and I do think they'll eventually go smaller. But a big reason this 2DS 3DS push will exist too is that Switch is not backwards compatible. Like it has right. nothing to do mm-hmm. with your 3DS. Yeah, which bugs me. Because like I've moved on, you know, like, yeah. I get going for a younger market, but like I'd rather play everything on my Switch going forward. So sure. hopefully later this year when they do announce their virtual console eShop for the Switch, I'd love to see a lot of these 3DS games as they're being released. Just you know, put them, make them available for download on my Switch as well. Have you gone back to 3DS since? I've not Switch picked it up out? since I got the Switch. No. Yeah, it's I, honestly like I find it a little bit difficult. Like I find it kind of tough to go back to 3DS now. Yeah. Um, I went back and finished Yoshi's Woolly World uh, recently, and it was one of those things where it's like I just sort of felt like a chore to kind of go back to that that little system that I loved for so long. But yeah. now I have this thing, and it's like, well. Yeah, the portability factor just kind of yeah. makes you want to take the new hot thing on the road, right? Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I had the same with Box Boy, where, where I was hoping there's really no reason for a two-screen setup for that game, where it's like mm-hmm. there are a lot of DS, 3DS games where you kind of need that double yeah. screen, and you can't easily transfer it to this thing without some crazy yeah, creative solutions. The hurdle, Damon, right? Like 3DS software. Yeah, that is a good point. That's a good sort point. Sort of make it over. I will say though that they're making some careful choices here. Um, when you think back, and I don't know if the thinking even was on their minds back when this happened but look at like Yoshi's Woolly World and how that got turned into a 3DS game that could have been a Switch port yeah. so they said no let's put that on 3DS because that is the kid market that's the market we want to we want to sort of yeah, maybe that's a little too maybe a little too close for home though you know or too close to home because it's like the one of the big criticisms against the Switch is that it's already sort of a port machine from Wii U and that game Yoshi's Woolly World I feel like just came out like mm-hmm. a year or so it, ago it feels like it's roughly a year and a half but yeah, yeah say definitely but i still think that they've been sort of drawing the line on choices and going okay well where are we going to put which one and like something like mario kart 8 clearly makes sense as a switch game but i think that in order for this hardware to thrive if you're really trying to sell six million units this year you've got to have a killer game this year for 3ds and it's no secret then that i feel that at e3 there will come a big announcement for something. There has to be. Last year's spike on 3DS in their financials was my, mostly driven by a little Pika Pika yeah. called Pikachu mm-hmm. and Pokemon Sun and Moon. Right. Also, it was an anniversary year for Pokemon, so the brand had a ton of awareness. You had the virtual console games that came out early in the year. You had Go, which was one of the biggest social phenomenons that ever happened in a video game. And then you had Sun and Moon, which was a quality Pokemon upgrade. I almost wonder if there's a Pokemon game coming or something that we just don't have any clue to be thinking about. I think you're right. I mean, I think this year will be capped by a Mario game, and Mario Kart and Mario are the two most powerful franchises that you can put on a Nintendo console, and Pokemon is the obvious answer, right? Like, full-fledged Pokemon game maybe a little early, right? But but they will... third part of Sun and Moon? Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. I I just wonder, like, what is that? We've, We've heard that rumor so often that it wouldn't surprise me at all if it came to both, you know, like mm. people want it so badly for the Switch, it would behoove Nintendo to put the put it there and on the 3DS. Yeah, well, and if it doesn't come for both, I think that's when the fans kind of riot in the streets, right? Because mm-hmm. if, if Pokemon is that title, let's not. just say it's just a video game. <laughs> no, but, but yeah, but there'll be the change.org petition within minutes, like we saw with Metroid, for example. Sure. Because uh, some folks are really attached and, and want a Pokemon experience on Switch, even if it means a port experience. Got Pokemon like, Snap on Switch. I'm not sure. Yeah. But, by the way, Jose, when you look at the 2DS XL, yeah, um, you know, obviously it's it's very. Clear 
close in design to a classic like 3DS yep, um, sure. XL. But the color scheme, they're really embracing those like bright neon colors, huh? Yeah, yeah. Like, like the Switch. Black, yeah, uh, available in white and orange in, uh, yeah. in, in like Europe and Japan. But that, yeah. It's almost like Splatoon colors now. Mm-hmm. Like they, they really embrace like, this like crazy soda pop like. Yeah, well, I mean, it reminds me of like scheme. the purple Game Boy Color. It reminds me of like, I feel like throughout their history, they've just gone for wild and weird sometimes. And you're like, yeah. man, there were three DSs, for example, that I think there was like a green and an orange that I was like, oh man, like I wish they were they were released yep. in Japan if I'm remembering right. Remember when they put orange a GameCube too? Yeah, I was gonna say, remember when they put a purple cube in your living room? That was yeah. bizarre. Yeah. But like these colors now are like they're bright. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. not they're not just colorful. Well, the like funniest thing about like the, the colors on the Switch, the funniest thing to me about the colors on the Switch is like, I ordered the basic Switch unit, the gray, you know, gray old man because, like, one, yeah. Yeah, because that's the, like, to me, I was like, well, I want my console to look sleek. I want it to yeah. like feel like a, like a, piece of tech but then i see these <laughs> configurations blend and it's like, in better than i yeah do, i guess so you laughing like, at us? no i want oh, the double jealous. blue so bad oh like, double blue awesome. is great yeah, yeah. but soon cool. they'll be yellow we can do red yeah, and yeah. yellow joy con would be really cool yeah. um i yeah I, I just i guess we'll end on that point with this part of the discussion i think that e3 is going to be some major surprises hopefully like obviously switch already has a full schedule out and there are going to be surprises on that front but do not be shocked if at E3 this year, Nintendo drops a bomb on 3DS that none of us saw coming because they're going to be aggressive for the holiday and push this 2DS brand. If they don't, then that's weird because sure. you're refreshing hardware without killer software. That's strange to me. That just feels very un-Nintendo. And there's no cheap gaming hardware in the market, right? Like at traditional games retailers, like the the DS now, the 3DS line is going to be unique. There's no there's no, no Vita. There's no you know nothing really in the market to d- distract from it. And so it's kind of like this this cool cool gaming device you can get for your kids if they're not ready for um, for an iPhone either. Yep. All right. So let's move forward then. Uh, and talk about some news. Uh, we're going to kick things off with uh, the details around Breath of the Wild's first DLC pack, and uh, there's a lot to talk about here. Uh, so we have the Trials of the Sword, which uh, is apparently a way that you are going to complete and unlock the true power of the Master Sword by battling your way through 45 rooms, where Link starts without any armor or weapons, and then you will build up from there. So a little let's even tight island almost, huh? Yeah, so yeah. Let, let's let's go through pack by pack. Worth it, not worth it. What do you think of that mode so far, based on what you heard? Worth it. That worth sounds it. super fun. I like it, especially the, re- the, the reward at the end. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the true, true power, power of the Master, master Sword. sword. Yeah, what does yeah, that mean, Damon? It's going to be permanently powered up? Okay, yeah. 60, yeah, which is what be. I think yeah. it bumps up to yeah. when it's around something that's been touched by Ganon by default. Yeah. Uh, that actually happens in the game, but I, I, now it will be powered up at all times, or maybe even slightly more powerful. So, power. unbreakable sword, forever powered up. That's... Uh, so make it the most powerful weapon in the game? It didn't say unbreakable. I almost wonder if you'll you still so? have that timer somehow. Maybe they will get rid of that, but I don't know. Uh, I don't... I, I think, I I think, think this they, will be... I think be, if they don't, it completely yeah. uh, throws the it. balance out of, out of yeah. whack in that game. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see, because I feel like this DLC is for people who have already put in more than 100 hours, obviously, yeah, which yeah. is all, you know, most of us. I, I don't think you're quite there, are you? I beat it, Oh yeah. I don't know what my okay. account was. Yeah. yeah. Damon beat it I, in I like 37 it. minutes. Yeah. It was crazy. So, <laughs> so, like, I was worried that this was going to be, like, a trials cave where it's just, like, you go in, you got to beat all the enemies no, in not. succession, yeah. and it actually does the eventide thing where it limits your access to the weapons, and you have to really plan ahead and really like that. Yep. Really smart, and yeah, it was previously called Cave of Trials. So next mm-hmm. we have Hard Mode, which uh, you know the game is already difficult in its own right, but this 
one will uh, rank up the enemies in the game. Uh, they're increased, so red goblins will change to blue, and players will encounter higher-ranking enemies they couldn't find in normal play. Also, enemies will slowly recover health in battle, forcing you to defeat them quickly. Enemies are tougher to sneak up on. These are the patch notes, by the way. You're not going to get these on take one. <laughs> Just so every time Nintendo updates Zelda, they don't like to tell you these things. And floating planks will be held aloft by balloons, uh, and that'll be scattered around Hyrule. So I think that's... this is the smartest part of it, but I don't think that this justifies being included in DLC. I'm a little against hard mode being part too. of this DLC. I don't like it at all. Yeah. You wanted it to be an option right off the bat. Either or? that or make it a free update. Like hard, yeah. like just charging hard for a difficulty setting, that's, I'm really uncomfortable. So the, the only thing I like about it, I'm, I'm with you, and it's, for me it's kind of like, you know, I wish this had been available a little, little bit earlier, and presumably you can toggle this on and off. Like, they have not made that clear if you have to start the game with it or if you're going to be able to top it. Dude, that would be whack. Like, I don't want it to be gated behind me having to replay the entire game. Yeah, no right? way. Like, I would, I would love it if it I'd was an it. option. I'd play the game over again, no problem. Yeah, but you're yeah, a crazy person. So. You're, you're <laughs> definitely crazy. But the floating planks thing sounds cool. So yeah. one, of, one of the things you do a lot in the game is, yeah, is yeah, use, yeah, your, you use your glider, right? You've got snipers now to worry about as you're like flying through the, the areas and trying to get around Hyrule, which I think that was a smart can, play and putting treasure up there, too. Can you yeah. Shoot the balloons that hold them up? Probably. Probably so. I would assume so. Oh, yeah. Come on, this is going to be fun for sure. Yeah, no, that part I'll will be great. I, I'm only a, a bummed that I don't feel like it is. It, it justifies why it needed to be a DLC inclusion. Um, uh, yeah, as as a guy who buys games with his own money, like it bums me out. I agree with Damon that you have to pay extra for hard mode. But as a Dark Souls fan, like I love the idea of making this game even tougher. Like it was just hard enough till about the halfway point for me, and then then it sort sort of started, yeah, like balancing out and kind of tapering off in difficulty. But yeah, I love the idea of like. I, can you imagine running into a silver lionel that recharges health? Like, yeah. no, thank you. It sounds impossible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or more of them even. Yeah, like, just scattered around yeah. the world. No, I'm I'm definitely going to play it. I only bring up that that case, but I do think that it will be a lot of fun. We have Heroes Path mode, which uh, basically help tracking your progress yeah. with the Brilliant. game. Yeah. So this is a really smart addition. It will track uh, the last 200 hours of playtime, basically documenting every step you take uh, with a green path on the map. Absolutely brilliant. I, I love that it's retroactive. So even though so I've good. already beaten the game, all my footsteps are going to show up if I would turn that on. So those bastards, they were planning, planning it all along. And like, I, I was, when you look at the map, like sometimes you get to this thing, you're like, oh, there's no, they were, like when I was still hunting for shrines, I'm like, there's no shrine in those mountains. Was I there already or not? All right, I'll go back and look. I'm like, oh, I've been here, right? Like there's just a Hinox sleeping or something. But like, this is so cool because I bet even though some of us have 180, 160 hours, we'll look at the map and we'll see a place we've never been to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, it's and really I think that's addition. really cool. Yeah, and it sounds like when we talked to those guys about sort of where this DLC came from, they did say there were features that just sort of hit them late in the development process and rather than delay the game they said no we'll yeah. this has later. to be one of those things so worth it yes 100 yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure it. okay so travel medallion with the travel medallion players can create a temporary new travel point on the map uh where they're currently standing and basically you can transport yourself to that position at any time it's an uku yeah it's, it's, it's an uku uh-huh. yeah, like you had in zelda games you had a power-up where you could like drop a point and then leave the dungeon yeah. go get some get some health and come back right like that's basically what it is creepy by the yeah, way i didn't like those yeah. little Chicken well, boys. Also, yeah. that song. Yeah, I like the song. It's, it's weird for me that that's DLC. Yeah, yeah, uh, me too. Like, it's, like, it's like a convenience. Why am I using this now? Mm-hmm. I guess maybe there will be areas that if you're farming for something. 
Yeah. You can drop one next to Lionel, uh, Lionel and then come back yeah, later sometimes. when it respawns after Blood Moon, easily jump to it. Yeah. That's or dragons. Or sometimes shrines are just a little bit too far from something you want yeah. to get to. Like, I think that could be part of it as well. Like, I think this sort of, I'm abandoning this for now. Farm friendly. Later. You yeah. know, getting all the freaking dragon scales and all that Speaking, for your upgrades. So worth it, not worth it? Worth, it. worth it. I think it's worth it. It just should have been in the game, though. I agree with Perry. Oh. Okay. Then you say not worth it. Like it's sorry, sorry, not sorry. worth it for the Oh, other. not worth it. Not, not worth, worth it. it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Welcome. Korok Mask. Uh, so this is the next farming technique uh, friendly thing. Uh, you'll be able to basically have a much easier time finding Korok locations. When equipped, the mask will shake, indicating that a Korok is hidden somewhere nearby. I wonder if it's shake as in uh, like rumble? HD Rumble. Like HD Rumble would be nice, but I, I, I mean, who knows? Uh because Zelda uh, doesn't support that. I think that's a great idea. You're kind of shaking your head. I think this is perfect for DLC. I just don't care about the Korok seeds. Like well, the number 900 is so daunting that it's yeah. like I don't, I don't care. To I agree. That's why I like it because I, when I beat the game, I only found like 25. Wow, <laughs> like that's so it? many more. Now we well, played for 37 minutes. That's, that's like pretty impressive. That's a whole thing I can do now. I can just put on the mask and just run around and find There's all the so Koroks. many. I mean, I know, you must be still stepping on Koroks at I this know. point. Our very own <laughs> Sam Claiborne is on a mission to get all 900, and I think he's up. Unassisted. I think he's up to about 350. He told me, but he did say that when the Korok mask was finally a thing, that he would be wearing that constantly because you know he, it, it is a daunting task to find all those things. I guess. If you want to cheat, if you want to cheat, Google Breath of the Wild IGN map. We have a map yeah, really that looks really great. All map. the locations, yeah, yeah. but it's so dense, so it's almost hard to use because it's just yeah, so. Especially on mobile, you have to like. No, you got to zoom in on that yeah, map. So, uh, I, I think this is worth it. I'm not going to use it because I want to just find Korok seeds organically. I think I'm at 248 or. I just don't understand how you would ever. find find them without all of them without People using did. a guide or a Korok mask. No, I just, you just notice. You're like, oh, that's weird. Oh, I know what that is. And uh, so there's like six different flavors of them too. So I feel yeah. like eventually you just, you spot the warning <laughs> sign like right Roasted away. Korok yeah, seeds. <laughs> there it is. Uh, get your uh, golden turd right now. Korok seeds. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, actually, Sam actually had a really funny anecdote. He, he said that he discovered a Korok puzzle the other day that he had never seen before. I had it one was too, something. Man. Yeah, it was something that he did that he was like, I must have passed 60 of those and not even realized that that was a Korok puzzle. Now, like, now I gotta go back and That's find all those. That's my favorite kind, too, because then you're like, oh, I, I did Oof. that, like, uh, how many times? I don't know. I, I enjoy it. Uh, worth it or not worth it? Worth it. Worth it. Yep. Yeah, good idea. Okay. That doesn't sound like worth it. No, I'm kidding. It is. No, it's, it's cool. I'm not going to go for all 900. That's yeah. insane. So eight new pieces of equipment inspired by previous characters in the game series. Uh, there is a Tingle outfit. Oh, my worth God. It. Worth it. Worth there it. There is a Midna worth outfit, it. Phantom outfit, and a Majora's Mask in the game. Uh, that... Uh, sign me up. I'm there. And they said, uh, I wish how many eight so eight. badly that it had launched with these, these costumes. Cause if I could have played Breath of the Wild entirely as Tingle, <laughs> I would have done it. <laughs> I hope when you walk, you get that. Those shoes are amazing. So many great costumes in that game already. Yeah. No, like some of the, the secret ones. They're not talking about t-shirt. Yeah. I just really love the idea of like a really serious cutscene, And then the camera pans and it's just Tingle standing there. Like that sounds great to me. Yeah. See, that's how I played Final Fantasy 15. I had that, that stupid Moogle hat on oh, the whole yeah. time, and it's like really sad scenes. Yeah. So he's got like the <laughs> freaking Moogle thing. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, the Korok seed uh, thing too. I forgot to say this earlier, but it reminds me of the angel mask, in a, or the fairy mask in uh, Majora's Mask. Yep. Uh -huh. You sort of round up the fairies at each yeah. dungeon. That was a thing. Alright, uh, overall I thought that the information about this pack was interesting. The second DLC pack will get talked about later, and that's the more substantial that's one. That's a real that's thing. The dungeon. So, that's one with the story. But for any Anyone who has 100% this game, there's not a whole lot going on with this DLC. Tingle pack. costume. 
agree. Yeah. Not going to disagree there, but I feel like uh, some comments, at least that I saw online, were a bit miffed about that. I do think, though, that's a weird expectation. I just felt like from the beginning, pack one sounded inferior to pack two. So for pack me, two is where you're getting the real stuff. So for me, it's it it's a little circumstantial as to what pack two looks like, right? Because mm-hmm. you couldn't buy just one or the other. Yeah, you have it's to an all in sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So if pack two is 40 additional hours of Zelda, 20 different additional hours of, of Zelda, like 12 shrines so I can complete my hearts and, you know, X, Y, Z, then it totally justifies the purchase and it totally justifies the stuff that's in pack one to me because it's like, okay, well, then I paid $20 for the second half of the expansion more so than the first. I think, I pack think that was the case for all the be- from the beginning to me. Yeah. To me, I mean, pack one, when you just look at all the features, it's it feels like the, like the you've finished, but you haven't found everything pack. And it's like, I'm, I mean, I still have armor that I haven't upgraded because I need to farm like dragon parts, yeah. right? Like, yeah. and that this pack makes all that either easier or harder, depending on who, how you want to play. Yeah. I think that's really, really clever. Um, this as a standalone, I would have been like, ah, that should have just been in the game. But yeah. as kind of like a step towards a story pack, I think that's really cool. If they were asking. $20 for the actual, the big expansion and yep. then $10 for this. Like, there's no way yeah. you could have convinced me to pay 10 bucks for that. Like, sure. Absolutely. Sorry. Just double checking schedule because I do have something conflicting coming up really soon. But Jose triple booked Otero. Yeah. Today at least. Uh, so Fire Emblem Echoes has a $45 DLC season pass. How much is the game? Uh, $39.99. Oh. Uh, so this is something we need to talk about. <laughs> yes. uh, you can tell from the press relief, Nintendo may be a little self conscious about this. Uh, only they should. In- Rightfully so. As they should be. Uh, They itemized everything (laughs) to make it crystal clear, for the most part, what you're getting. Um, uh, And this specifically, I feel, is important because we're in an era where seasons passes get dropped left and right with empty promises and with nothing really getting set up front. So I give them props for at least going that far. But this is a lot of stuff. And some folks, it is rubbing them the wrong way. Uh, So you have your season pass, which is May 19th with the release of the game, $44.99, 22 pieces of content overall. And according to Nintendo... If you buy the DLC this way, you will save more than 30% compared to purchasing all 22 pieces of content on their own. That said, this isn't like the Zelda deal where it's all in and you have to buy both in order to get uh, access. They have several DLC packs here that I can go on talking about for a while, but I don't want to bore you guys. I will say that pack five is the most mysterious. There's just more information will come later, and there are two people in it. Everything else is... Uh, new maps, new dungeon, uh, new characters you could not play through the main course of the game, like characters you were never allowed to control before. Um, it sets up an interesting question, though, of like, is this okay? Well, the last Fire Emblem game you could basically buy three times, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and at the time, we, we were kind of unsure what it was going to be like, and I'd say in hindsight... They were they were different experiences, but they were not wholly new experiences, right? It felt like you got a different take on the same path. And even though they were different, like levels and and kind of characters, uh, involved, characters and setups, uh, scenarios, um, I did feel like I was paying a little bit more um, than I should have for for that for that full experience. With this one, I absolutely feel like I'm paying a little bit too much, and I you can't even enjoy the fact that. You're paying only $40 for what will probably be a really, really cool game, right? Compared to $60 games everywhere else. But it is also a remake. You know, this is a remake of a good, good Fire Emblem that, game. That the West never got. That we never got in the West, but you could definitely play in Japanese if you wanted to. But still, it's like they're double dipping on something. And then that, I don't know, it's just kind of 
it rubs me the wrong way that it's that expensive to get an entire season of support content and which is you know it's not all like new completely new dungeons and stories it's like little hero packs and stuff like that too yeah, yeah. i mean to me it, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier and like missing something like advance wars right uh i feel like as somebody that's of late i feel like i've been re- suffering from fire emblem fatigue and to have another fire emblem game with an additional 45 dollar add-on mm. it's like why like why put this out when you could devote that time to something else like we've already had 30 fire emblem games in the last yeah. couple of years like chill yeah, out and i think there are going to be plenty of people who just buy shadows of valentia and don't buy this season pass and i've done sure. that too with prior fire emblems where like yeah. with awakening they had a bunch of dlc didn't sign up didn't pay for it um with all that uh, fates i didn't buy revelations but i bought the other path ended up not playing all of it though yeah. but i just feel like this is still optional content this is still something that as the consumer this power is on you to send sure. that message or not, whether or not you support it. I will say this does seem really ambitious, but in fairness, I have not played Shadows of Valentia. Like, I don't know how many hours it's going to take me to get through that game it, or how good I feel at the end. It's not, I mean, like, it's it's a, it's going to be, if if it has everything the original had, it's going to be a full-fledged package. It's not a, it's not going to be a light experience and, like, you know, there isn't a bad Fire Emblem game in the batch. Like, replaying this game, people are going to be really happy. It's different from, if you only play it kind of like Awakening onward, it's different in that it has kind of different setups that you haven't seen before, like the the kind of design of how you use your powers. And so... I don't think anybody's going to be disappointed with the content that's in that game. And for 40 bucks, you're going to get a lot. No, it's just like this notion that it just kind of feels so like it feels so money grabby to yeah, say here's the yeah. full game and you can pay, pay twice that and you're going to get all this More content over time that. and it's like I kind of like and yeah if you don't buy the season pass you're going to pay even more yeah. and like I don't know how I will feel after I finish this game whether I want all that. I don't know. Yeah. It's, I th- I you have the power as a yeah, consumer to not buy it. And you have the power, if you're listening, if you read through these notes and you feel like it's not worth your time, then don't buy it. And like That's that's obviously the answer we're going to give you right, here. Right, then I won't. Yeah. yeah. And I feel, like it's, I feel like it's a little different when, you, when, you, when you're buying like a new Call of Duty or Battlefield. You kind of have already a good idea of what you're getting. And you're like, you know what? I play those games for months. I, I want all the map packs. I want to lock them all in once in a while though you get a new game and you're not quite sure whether you'll be satisfied with the end or if you're like you know what i'm ready to move on to a different experience and i think that's that's that applies here yeah no absolutely and there are definitely some story uh at least if you're looking for more story they're trying to uh, offer that to you as well so take that as you will messes with my perception since i pay 40 dollars for the main game yeah season passes it costs more than the main game so i'm like what am i not getting the full <laughs> experience like yeah. I, I mean I, yeah I, I feel like there and there have been other like guilty examples right like the first mm-hmm. battlefront I thought was awful for that reason yep. like yeah. the idea of like hey we're giving you limited maps we're giving you limited weapons oh by the way right. here's all the other Star Wars content you want um, good luck with that and it, I think it ended up costing more than the game too maybe or was around the, the same price I remember yeah. the, the, the only thing why I'm not angrier about this is because this is new content that they're creating right it's not something they ported over from the original game and mm-hmm. and just left out of the 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 reboot or the update so you know they're working on additional content they're tweaking that and so you're you're paying for development time sure. on that one i'd love to see what the uh, on their end what the what the the sort of the the 
the numbers, the the final, like how many people have been buying from yeah. game to game the DLC yeah. for the past three Fire yep. Emblems. The, uh, this one included, clearly. Uh, just because someone has to be justifying why they're spending so much money on this or trying to charge so much money on and, it. And it's weird that they announced it. I just feel like this they could have rolled these out one by one and kind of gauged yeah. consumers' interest rather than sticking you with a big bill at the front. You know, yeah. it just feels yeah. weird. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely uh, signs of greedy Nintendo for sure. All right, well, there you have it, folks. Uh, that is our episode of Nintendo Voice Chat for this week. We made it through. Um, and, of course, uh, housekeeping reminder, you can watch this show on IGN.com. You can subscribe to Nintendo Voice Chat on IGN, excuse me, YouTube.com slash Nintendo Voice Chat. You can also email us feedback, NBC at IGN.com, or leave us a review on iTunes, Google Play, you name it. There's a way to leave us a review uh, and let us know what you think of the show. Finally, uh, you can find our panelists, our wonderful panelists on Twitter. You can find Zach Ryden at... Uh, Zach Reisty. You can find Damon Hatfield at... At Dame Zero. And he's also host of... Game Scoop. Which you can find uh, on IGN. IGN, YouTube, iTunes, Weekly. It's, uh, it's like this, except we talk about PlayStation and Xbox also. Yeah, yeah you get everything. And, oh, PC uh, though. No, well, <laughs> when we have Dan Stapleton on, yeah, uh, there you go. And finally, you can find Per Schneider at. You can find me at Per IGN on Twitter. You can also find me on the NVC tournaments on Saturday and Sunday. So look for me there. And don't forget the uh, NVC GTT Invitational is all about it. Uh, make sure you play that this weekend. And you can find me on Twitter, Jose underscore Otero. Thank you so much for watching and for listening. We'll be back next week with more Nintendo Voice Chat.